this time I'd like to call this meeting to order. Good evening, everyone. Today is Thursday, August 11th, 2022, and this is a meeting of the Rent Stabilization Commission for the City of West Hollywood. We would like to begin by acknowledging that the land on which we gather, currently known as the City of West Hollywood, is the occupied, unceded, seized territory of Gabrielina Tongva and Gabrielina Keech peoples. Commissioner Maggio, would you like to lead us in the Pledge of Allegiance? Thank you all. Ms. Secretary, may we have a roll call, please? Commissioner Kirpies? Present. Commissioner Maggio? Here. Commissioner Martz? Here. Commissioner Montemayor? Here. Commissioner Wright? Present. Vice Chair Ayers? Here. And Chair Topchin? Here. We have a quorum. Uh, approval, of agenda, uh, approval of agenda is the next item. Has everyone had a chance to review tonight's agenda? Yeah, I'll make a motion to approve agenda. Okay, we have a motion and a second to approve the agenda. Ms. Secretary, may we have a roll call vote? Commissioner Kirpies? Aye. Commissioner Maggio? Aye. Commissioner Martz? Aye. Commissioner Montemayor? Aye. Commissioner Wright? Aye. Vice Chair Ayers? Aye. Chair Topchin? Motion, uh, aye. Uh, motion carries, thank you. Approval of minutes. Um, we have a minutes before us for the meeting on July 28, 2022. Has everyone had a chance to review the minutes? Uh, Mr. Chair, is this additional uh, sheet on minute, minutes a uh, addition to last time minutes, last meeting? I, I think that was a revised uh, version of the minutes. This is the revised version. Correct. Well, I would make a motion to approve the minutes of July the 28th, 2022, with the revision. Second. Thank you, commissioners. Uh, Ms. Secretary, may we have a, a roll vote? Commissioner Kirpies? Aye. Commissioner Maggio? Aye. Commissioner Martz? Commissioner Montemayor? Abstain. Commissioner Wright? Aye. Vice Chair Ayers? Aye. Chair Topchin? Aye. Motion carries. Thank you. Public comments is next. Do we have any speakers at this time? No public comment at this time. All right. Um, with that, uh, we're moving on to the manager's report. The rent stabilization and housing manager, Mr. Holub, uh, this is your time. May we have a report? Thank you. Good evening, Chair, Vice Chair, Commissioners, Jonathan Holub, rent stabilization manager. Uh, tonight we have one appeal on calendar. Um, the next meeting, there's an appeal. Also, uh, staff will be bringing you the item to announce the interest rate on security deposits. Um, there will also be an item with a number of uh, recommended rent stabilization ordinance and regulation amendments. Then uh, uh, in the following two meetings, there will be more appeals. Um, I've not forgotten about your request, uh, Commissioner Maggio, for a study session. Um, I'm just hoping that we will have a date in the relatively near future where there won't be an appeal. If we can't do it, then we'll have to schedule on a night with an appeal, but we might get a free date, we might not, but that will happen in the um, coming months. Um, I also received an update from Betsetic Legal Services. Uh, through the last three weeks of July, they opened 14 new cases. Uh, Commissioner Kirpies, you had asked about whether the housing is key disbursements are an issue and whether or not that's resulting in more UDs being filed. Uh, Betsetic staff told me no, that's not an issue. Uh, fortunately, uh, landlords who are waiting for those disbursements are not filing UDs. You're welcome. Um, and available for any other questions. Thank you, uh, Mr. Manager. Uh, do the commissioners have any questions regarding the report? I do. Please, Mr. Margio. In regard to a study session, uh, will it be our usual format if we have one where we're here down at the floor here? Uh, I don't know yet. Um, we'll have to think about that. Um, I know that in the past there's been sort of a, 
gathering of ideas, um, but uh, I think it might depend on whether or not the commission wants to have a more focused discussion. Um, but uh, that's something we can think about. Thank you. You're welcome. Other commissioners? Okay, all right. So the ne next is uh, commission comments. I have uh, one comment. Yes, uh, Commissioner Maggio, so please. I wanted to report to the commission that I attended the business license uh, meeting uh, uh, Tuesday. Uh, and I wasn't here in the liaison, gentlemen, I, and ladies and gentlemen, but I made myself the liaison. <laughs> and I did make a presentation uh, and giving them some update on some of our issues. But I also stress the importance of each commission sending liaisons, creating liaisons, uh, saying that uh, we are a team, we're all ambassadors, and we should know what all of us are doing. And I think uh, the more we learn of each other's commission, that makes us better commissioners. And I guess I should also mention that uh, they had a very important appeal. It was a new cannabis or return of a cannabis lounge at 1201 uh, North La Brea. And the, the process was interesting and uh, you will definitely hear more about it. That's all I have, thank you. Thank you, Commissioner, and thank you for attending the meeting. Other commissioners, any, any comments at this time? No. All right, with that, we're gonna move on to the appeal section of uh, tonight's agenda. And we have one appeal before us this evening, and that is a rent decrease application D-4662 pertains to the property address 906 North Orange Grove Avenue, unit number 10. This appeal has to do with the rent reduction due to the loss of housing services, and um, the appeal is filed by the landlord. Um, Ms. Secretary, can we confirm if we have a representative to the tenant, for the tenant and landlord? Both parties are present. All right, that's great, thank you. Okay, so, um, I'd like to take a moment and explain the appeal process. First, the commission will, will hear a staff report presented by our legal counsel, Mr. John Natalizio. Uh, then I will open the oral argument portion following the legal counsel's report. The appellant, in this case, is the landlord will speak first, and you will have five minutes your, uh, for your oral argument. You have the option of dividing your five minutes into two segments. You may use part of your five minutes to state your case and part of your five minutes for rebuttal. As for the respondent, you will speak second. You will have one five-minute segment to state your case on the appeal subject. When it is time for you to speak, please state your name and city of residence for the record. And the appellant will state how would you like to divide your time, if at all, and proceed with your comments. Since, you, since your speaking time is limited, it's very important to keep the following things in mind. Keep your comments on topic. The only information you uh, want to share uh, tonight is the information that was provided um, uh, uh, that is on the appeal, uh, appeal topic. So new evidence cannot be considered by the commission. Uh, new documents may not be submitted. Um, we may only discuss issues that were raised at the hearing uh, or evidence submitted uh, to the uh, hearing examiner at the time of the hearing. Uh, you may be interrupted at any time by the legal counsel or myself if you go off topic. Please keep that in mind. And uh, with that, uh, Mr. Natalizio, may we have a report, please? Thank you, Chair. And uh, good evening to the chair and the vice chair and the other commissioners. Uh, for everyone else, my name is John Adelizio. I am the legal counsel to the Rent Stabilization Commission uh, for the city of West Hollywood. Um, as the chair noted that this appeal was filed by the landlord uh, in response to the hearing examiner's decision um, granting the tenant Thomas Packard's uh, rent reduction application uh, relating to an on-site resident manager uh, and notice of um, emergency contacts. Um, according to the tenant, uh, the property uh, had an on-site manager until December 21, 
2021 when the then resident manager uh, passed away. And the tenant alleges that since that passing, a new resident manager has not been employed by the landlord, uh, which has resulted in the tenant's inability to contact a landlord for emergency and maintenance problems. The landlord disputes this claim and alleges that there is an on-site manager, Mr. Lim, which tenants were notified about. Um, additionally, tenant alleges that the required notice, um, which is posted by the mailbox, uh, does not identify who is the on-site resident manager uh, and the contact numbers for emergencies and maintenance are not reliable or effective in resolving tenant complaints. Landlord disputes this claim and alleges that the notice is sufficient and the contacts are legitimate. The hearing examiner's decision granted a rent increase as follows, uh, $100 for the on-site resident manager issue and $10 for the issue of notice. Therefore, relevant to this appeal, a rent decrease of $110 was awarded to each qualifying tenant for these common area issues. Landlord filed its appeal of the decision. The appeal claims that the decision is clearly an error and constitutes an abuse of discretion. Uh, staff's opinion is that the hearing examiner did not err, that there is substantial evidence uh, in the record supporting the hearing examiner's decision, and that the hearing examiner did not abuse his discretion. Uh, therefore, staff recommends that the decision be affirmed. Regarding the on-site uh, resident manager, as the staff report notes, uh, when an on-site resident manager is necessary, the RSO requires that the on-site resident manager keep regular business hours, which are presumed to be weekdays from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m., uh, during which they are physically present on the premises and available to respond to tenant concerns. The owner uh, or the resident manager may establish a different schedule of operating hours. However, that's provided that such schedule of operating hours provides for hours um, of at least four hours per day, Monday through Friday. Um, here, the landlord uh, did not provide any written evidence that supported that Mr. Lim was the new on-site resident manager, for example, some sort of employment agreement. Um, landlord did not submit any evidence that reveals Mr. Lim's actual time spent on the property in his role as the alleged resident manager during the posted office hours. And an example of this would be timesheets. Landlord did not submit any evidence that demonstrated Mr. Lim was readily available to respond to tenant concerns during the office hours. The appeal argues that Mr. Lim is at the property three to four days a week. This fact, even if true, is uh, contrary to landlord's argument as it supports the tenant's testimony that Mr. Lim is not present during the posted office hours um, of 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Monday through Friday, and it demonstrates that Mr. Lim's available on the property is not in compliance with the RSO. Uh, ultimately, there's nothing in the record establishing that even if Mr. Lim is the on-site resident manager, that he is physically present on the premises and available to respond to, to tenant concerns in compliance with the RSO. Regarding the notice, the RSO requires emergency telephone numbers posted so that tenants may contact the owner, the resident manager, um, or other responsible party. Uh, in cases where the building is required to have a resident manager, such emergency numbers shall be posted in the same location where the regular business hours are posted. Um, and in all cases, um, such emergency numbers shall be posted in a common area accessible to all tenants. Uh, here, landlord failed to establish um, any sort of sufficient rebuttal to the tenant's testimony that the phone numbers provided by landlord do not result in a tenant's ability to obtain necessary help. The tenants testified that the posted contacts um, are not responsive to requests for maintenance or emergencies uh, and gave examples where maintenance and emergency requests were dismissed or ignored. As the hearing examiner suggests, providing phone numbers that do not effectively provide tenant uh, to obtain help for maintenance or emergencies is not compliance with the requirements of the RSO. Therefore, staff recommends affirming the hearing examiner's decision and adopting resolution RSC 22-615. You as the commission have the power to affirm, reverse, modify, or remand the appealed decision of the hearing examiner. The commission reviews the hearing examiner's decision under the substantial evidence standard, um, which requires the commission to make sure there is substantial evidence in the record um, that reasonable sorts the hearing examiner's decision. Um, that evidence uh, should be credible and of solid value. If that evidence is found, then the decision must be upheld, even if there is also evidence that could support a different outcome. 
Um, the commission does not substitute its judgment for that of the hearing examiner or reweigh the evidence. And as to questions of law, the commission applies an independent or de novo standard of review to the hearing examiner's conclusions of law. Thank you. Thank you, uh, legal counsel. Commissioners, uh, do you have any questions regarding the report? Okay. Uh, uh, with that, I, would, I, I will open now oral, the oral argument portion of the appeal, and I, I'm going to invite the landlord or the landlord's representative to the microphone. And before, before you begin, please let me know if you'd like to divide the five minutes between the uh, presentation segment and the rebuttal. Yes, uh, good evening, uh, commissioners. Um, I would like to reserve four minutes for my opening remarks and one approximately minute. one minute for rebuttal, if necessary. Oh. Okay, uh, Ms. Secretary noted. Okay, thank you. So before you begin, please state your name and the city of residence for the record, and you may begin. Yes, good evening again. My name is Philip Koffler. I'm a resident of Beverly Hills. I'm also an attorney uh, licensed in California, and I represent uh, the appellant, 900 North Orange Grove, LLC. Uh, this appeal is based upon uh, the West Hollywood Code Municipal Code 17.44.020, and the basis for the appeal is that the overwhelming evidence was contrary to the findings made by the uh, hearing examiner, and I want to be very specific. First of all, uh, this is a 20-unit building, so it does require a resident manager. A resident manager uh, named Karen Koffler, my niece, uh, was the resident manager for approximately 20 years, living in the unit. Unfortunately, at a very young age, in her 40s, she tragically died without any health issues that preceded it, so it came as a shock to all of us. Uh, I want to note that this appeal was filed either before, right after she died, because uh, the appeal was filed in December of 2021, and it the time frame that the appeal covers is a very short, less than two months, from the end of December through the middle of February, which is what this, the application for the uh, rent uh, adjustment states. Now, so we're only talking about approximately a month and a half where there's a claim of uh, no resident manager. But the evidence was overwhelming to the contrary because uh, in unit three of this 20-unit building, Teresita Lim lives, and she's been living there for about 15 years. She also happens to be the former mother-in-law of the decedent who was the resident manager. She assumed the resident manager position right after the death, um, and she doesn't have any other work. She's full-time living in this apartment complex, and she's a full-time resident manager. For some reason, the hearing examiner skipped over Teresita Lim as the resident manager and went right to her son, John Lim, who also lives on the premises. And they, for some reason, I don't know if it was uh, miscommunication, could have been on our part, could have been he misheard something. But if you heard the attorney for uh, the board stating the facts, he only mentioned John Lim. But the evidence was very clear from the witnesses that were presented that Teresita Lim was a full-time resident manager. Her phone number was posted on the door, and as a matter of fact, each tenant got notice of the death, and they all knew because it was a big story, and that Teresita Lim would now be the person assuming control. But as an additional redundancy, and sort of as a perk for the tenants, in addition to her being the full-time resident manager, which was somehow missed, as I said, without repeating myself, they also got the benefit of her son, John Lim, who also lives there, and the evidence was that he uh, was there every week, at least three to four times a week, to assist the permanent uh, full-time resident manager. So they had this small 20-unit building that does not bring in a lot of income. Uh, everybody's under rent control, and as this uh, chamber knows, there's been no rent increases because of COVID for two years. So the property is already operating um, you know, at, at a loss, and in any event, so the, the tenants had 
two managers, one full-time, one part-time. In addition to that, uh, this small operation has a full-time maintenance crew of four people. There's a carpenter, an electrician, a plumber, and a handyman. They have been in and out of this property for many, many years. Whenever there's a problem that's uh, presented by a tenant, we, since we have a full-time crew, they come in and, and address any problems. As a matter of fact, that's do, you, do you want to take the entire five minutes, or you want to? I, I just want to say one further thing. Very um, quickly. This maintenance crew responds to all kinds of problems 24-7, and they even assist the tenants if they need to hang a television or something like that. Okay. They don't even charge for it, and they do it. I'll reserve the last minute. Thank you, Mr. Cole. Thank you. Thank, uh, commissioners, uh, do you have any questions to, to the landlord? All right, thank you, sir. You may have a seat. Yeah. I would like to... Oh, I'm sorry. Um, Mr. Koffler, can you come back, please? Commissioner uh, Wright. Hi, good evening. Good evening. So I'm looking at what's been marked in our books. It's 25, and it looks like it's a, the notice. It just says management. I think notification at the top. It's kind of fuzzy. Um, and on it, underneath emergency contact, it looks like it lists John Lim. Yes. So that's John Lim's mobile number, which he's reachable on 24-7, and that's just to assist the mother. There's another notice that the mother, with her phone number and her apartment number, was given to all the residents, which was put into evidence. So there was two people, the full-time resident manager, Teresita Lim, and John Lim, whose number is here. And the notice that you're referring to that has Miss um, Lim listed, was that submitted to the hearing examiner? I'm sorry, was what submitted? The, the notice that has Miss Lim listed with her phone number, was that uh, submitted as evidence? Uh, I don't have the, all the exhibits in front of me. I believe it was, because I see that in the appeal that was filed. Um, and I don't think there's a transcript, maybe there is of the hearing, but I, I can't point out uh, a specific document at this time. Okay. And by the way, I, okay, I mean, that answers your question. I still want to reserve my time. Okay, thank you. All right. Thank you. Uh, Vice Chair? Chair, if I can real quick. Um, I just want to advise the council that the notice that Commissioner Wright brought up uh, was attached to the appeal. Um, and so unless the commission decides to consider that, um, that evidence, um, that specific notice, it was read into the record at the, at the appeal, but the hearing examiner notes that the landlord submitted no physical evidence. So for the actual physical notice attached to the appeal, um, it shouldn't be considered unless the commission decides it meets the regulation requirements for new evidence. Uh, uh, I just I wanna, is this the notice that we have in the packet? That's the notice you're talking about? Yes, the specific notice that um, Commissioner Wright pointed to is on page 25 of the uh, agenda packet. So th this notice was not actually submitted to the hearing? That specific, the physical notice itself was not. It was okay. read into the record, but it was not physically submitted. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Vice Chair and then Commissioner Kurpis. Yes. Um, when you mentioned that you have full-time staff, support staff, electrician, uh, maintenance people, right. is, is that they're full-time to that specific building or full-time to your company in general, or uh, how do they operate? Okay. We have, uh, well, 900 is a separate entity, LLC. There are four other, five other properties, another one in West Hollywood, uh, that is owned by the, the, our family. And we have a full-time maintenance crew for those five buildings, and they are at this particular property every week, uh, very attentive to any leaks, plumbing issues, whatever it might be, deferred maintenance, they're always there. Thank you. So you, you answer the question. It, it's Thank not you. like we have to call somebody to come, you know, find a handyman. We have a full-time staff. Thank you. Commissioner Kirpis? Yes, I just wanted to confirm, because, it, you know, the different, this, multiple people with the same last name. You are Harold Koffler? Harold Koffler's uh, my okay. brother. I'm sorry. So he, who represented, did, were you at the hearing to no, represent? No, it was Harold Koffler. Okay, great. Thank uh, you. We're brothers. He, but he runs all our property, and I'm an attorney. Okay, I just wanted to make sure that you were not the person representing no, was, the, the LLC not. at the hearing. Okay. I think it could have been more, well, I don't want to make Thank you. Comment. Okay. All right. uh, yes, Commissioner Matamir. I, I just want to clarify based off of Commissioner Wright's com 
questions. So on page 25, the notice, that's a bit blurry, that says John Lim was read into the record at the appeal hearing. At the, at the underlying hearing, yes. But the notice or regarding Miss Lim, was that ever put into evidence? No. It was not. At the underlying hearing, the landlord submitted no physical evidence, and the hearing examiner makes no reference that any other evidence was read into the record by um, the landlord. All right, thank you. Well, at the very least, we, if we need to, I'd like to have a remand just to introduce that notice, because it was so, orally thank, discussed. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'd like to invite the tenant to the microphone, please. Sir, you, you will have five minutes to uh, state your case, and before you begin, please state your name and the city of residence for the record, and you may begin. My name is Thomas Packard, resident. Thank you, you may begin. You have five minutes. I, my original reason for coming here tonight was to thank the commission and all the work that has been done by rent stabilization. I really appreciate the report. I thought it was thorough and accurate. Um, it was very accurate. I, I was a county social worker for 30 years and I wrote court reports, so I was very impressed by the writing and inclusivity of all the facts. The fact of the matter is that uh, you can tell by the evidence that uh, Teresita Lim was never mentioned as the resident manager. Uh, in the posting that you see, uh, which I furnished via a, a picture from my cell phone, um, she wasn't mentioned. You won't see her posted publicly, and you can go to the building right now as I exited. There's a, there's a sign, a little piece of paper in small 14-point print that does not not mention Teresita Lim because she's not the resident manager. She's a lovely lady, and I've known her for many, many years. I've been in the building for 30 years. I knew Karen for 20 years. That's why I asked, and I wanted it stated clearly. That was my original reason for doing this, this uh, working with rent stabilization is I wanted a statement of who our resident manager is. It's very important to have somebody who's there who's watching this building, which is about 60 years old. So um, I, in fact, went on and got the regulations about the need for uh, having a resident manager from the city's website, and I sent an email to Harold Koffler a very friendly, supportive email informing him that he needed to have a resident manager. That's all I really want is somebody responsible. And he failed to do that. And then after he saw evidence that I was proceeding with the city of West Hollywood, that piece of paper showed up with John Lim, who's also a wonderful man and very helpful and has been a resident for many years. His name appeared as the Man, uh, person for emergency contacts, as you can see from the evidence. Then there was a separate number for Louise, who does not speak English. Well, I don't speak Spanish, and I have trouble communicating with him. Um, he uh, is listed as the person for repairs. So the, the, it was never cleared up who our resident manager is, and that was my original intent, was just to get it stated. So. I didn't realize I'd have to come up and reiterate that whole part of my original reason for bringing this before the city of West Hollywood. But again, thank you. I'm sure you will look at the evidence. And I want to thank you all again for all your time and hard work on this case. Thank you, uh, uh, Mr. Pecker. And uh, if that concludes your um, oh, statement. May I say one thing? Sure. Yeah. We have never gotten any written notice, and I challenge the landlord to show any written evidence notifying any, any tenant that Teresita Lim is the resident manager with her phone number. I still, I don't have her phone number. Nobody does because she's not the resident manager. Okay. That's all, right. all I have Thank to you. say. Thank uh, you. Just wait, uh, Commissioner Corpus. Uh, I said a question. I, I thought I just um, overheard you state, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, um, that Mr. Lim is a very nice guy and has lived there for several years. Is that correct? He has. He raised his children, and he was married to the um, the former That's resident manager. Good. He doesn't currently. And he live moved there. out of the apartment. I don't want to tell all his personal business, but he's still. Yeah, we still see him at the building, and I always am happy to see him. And he is helpful. 
Because so he knows you, a lot about the building. So please, so when you just stated, I've known him for many years, he's lived there for many years, you meant he had lived there, but now he does not. I, ha I will not state as, I don't know where he lives. I, I know that he's there a few days a week, and I see him, and it's always nice to see him. Okay, thank you. <laughs> thank you, uh, Vice Chair, and then Commissioner Wright. Yes, um, Mr. Packard, uh, you are in Unit 10, a one-bedroom? Okay, and... Um, in his appeal, the landlord stated that it's very difficult to gain entry to your apartment to, I guess, uh, respond to requests. He said he made four attempts in two week, a two-week period. Um, did he give any advance notice of these visits? Thank you very much for that question. Louise, who ends up coming into apartments, does not return phone calls, does not use text messages, does not have an email address, and never contacts tenants, to my knowledge, 24 hours in advance. So I've left my door open and unlocked because I'm retired and I sleep in, in the mornings. And uh, he, so he was showing up and I didn't know it. He'd knock on the door, I didn't hear because my bedroom's at the other end of the apartment. So he has, never gives 24 hour notice. And the water gets shut off a lot in our building. No one gets noticed. The other day I had a washers for a leaky faucet. They just shut the water off and they knew ahead of time they were coming in to do that. So there is no 24 hour notice. And Luis is not a, an informed person about the proper procedures for doing repairs in the city of West Hollywood. Okay, and um, one other question. The, um, in the hearing examiner's report, it mentions that some of the tenants had conversations with Mr. Lim, who told them that um, he has a full-time job and didn't have time to be resident manager. Were you one of the tenants who had that conversation? The only conversation I had with John Lim, and I don't know about that, is that I've, I wanted him to be resident manager because he's very responsible and very respectful and he follows through with things. So I, I would have loved him to be named resident manager and I was hoping that would happen. Thank you. Right. Commissioner Wright. Thank you, good evening, Mr. Packard. Uh, in the past, prior to Ms. Koffler's passing, how did you make maintenance requests? Well, I was friends with Karen, so I saw her all the time. She, was, she smoked and she was outside a lot near my, where I park and in the back of the building. So I often would just say, hey, Karen, by the way, but I would also call her yeah. on her cell phone. Did you ever have to contact Mr. Luis during that time period? No. Okay. That's all. Thank you. Other questions from commissioners? I've seen none. May I add one last thing if I have any time left? A resident manager isn't just about emergencies. When a res I think one of the reasons originally resident managers are valued is because they live in the building. But and they have Mr. Parker, Mr. Parker, we know why we need okay. the resident manager. I just think it's really a, a very, yeah. that but, in and of itself, besides thank the you. emergency aspect of it, is also important. Thank you. Appreciate that. So if there are no other questions, you, you may have a seat, and uh, we'll have the uh, landlord's representative to come back to use the remaining, I guess, one minute left for the rebuttal. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I just want to emphasize a few things. Uh, first, there's also a damage component, uh, aside from this liability issue, which I still want to get to. And the recommendation was $110 per month per tenant. That's $2,200 a month which is about 15% reduction in overall rent for this two-month period where they claim that they weren't certain who the resident manager was. That is a punitive amount, uh, $2,200 a month, especially when there's exigent circumstances when five days before Christmas, Karen passes away and we immediately have another two resident managers, one full-time, one part-time, and a maintenance crew. And I'm sure that this chamber has heard other cases of similar sized buildings where they have way less uh, staff than we have for these tenants. Um, and I think uh, that the, the thing that was also left out is everybody knows that Teresita Lim was the manager because she had all the keys to all the units and she collected all the rents and her phone number Thank was you, there. Sir. Your time is up. Thank you very much. Thank you. I, I have a, one question though. <clears throat> there was no no documentary evidence provided at the hearing uh, to the examiner. What was the reason why this notice um, 
was not provided, was not submitted at the hearing? Well, my brother maybe inadvertently didn't put it in, but he did put in that other notice regarding John Lim, who's available 24-7 on his mobile number if there's a maintenance issue. And that's the other thing I want to raise real quickly is there's been no evidence that this technical allegation that there wasn't an on-site manager resulted in any damages to anybody. All the problems were maintained and fixed no, and remedied. No, Mr. Kuffler, you, you, so, you answered my question, so you, you didn't. So I just wanted to know, was there any reason why I the think notice... it was just inadvertent failure. Okay, uh, fair enough, thank you. But the, the, uh, the fact remains that there was no documentary evidence provided at the hearing, correct? Other than the one that John but, Lim's name and phone number was listed, which is his cell number, which I have a copy of, which was in evidence. I yeah. can present it to the clerk. This was in evidence. Well, um, that's that's included already here, but it was not provided at the hearing. No, it was provided at the hearing. It was provided at the hearing. Is that the one? I can show no, that's not what the hearing examiner okay. says. All right. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Kaufler. You may have a chair. Uh, Commissioner, commi oh, sorry. Commissioner Montemayor. Here's a quick question. Does Mr. Lim live on the property full time? Yes, with his mother. So they're both there. Thank you. Oh, Commissioner Wright. Um, what's the process for maintenance request? So the maintenance request either gets directed to Teresita Lim, who's the full-time resident manager. Her phone number is given all the tenants. They interface with her every month because they paid the rent to her, all 20 tenants. So she gets a call. She calls either my brother, Harold, who's the regional manager, and he arranges for the maintenance, or she can call Luis to for him to send whatever trade is necessary. Luis is sort of the general, but then he has plumbers, electricians, and carpenters. So anyway, the sequence is resident manager gets notified, calls my brother Harold, or calls directly to Luis, and there's been no evidence that any problem has not been rectified in a timely manner in these two and a half months of exigent circumstances after the death of Karen. And how long has uh, Luis been the maintenance person at that property? Um, over 15 years. And he's a very nice person. Now, all the people, that you, you even heard of the tenant. Tenant's a very nice guy, too, but you heard what he said. Everybody, John, Karen, Luis, they're all nice, but he had a problem with language barrier with Luis. But there was no, no, nothing in the evidence to suggest that we uh, handled this on a uh, small budget or we didn't take care of things. This is a technical issue of who the resident manager is, that's it. Okay. And for that, we shouldn't be punished for 2200 a month. I think you answered the question, Mr. Koffler. Um, other questions? I just wanted to sort of point out, to your point, um, you're, you're stating that there's been sort of no damages to the, to the residents. Um, according to the, the testimony that we have, it, you know, there are several instances where there was you know, no water when they needed it, um, that certain repairs just weren't getting done. Do you have a response to, to that? Yes, like any, you could live in a house in Beverly Hills and you could have a plumbing issue. It may take you a day to get somebody out, but everything was responded to very quickly uh, because we have that full-time maintenance. So my response is the evidence was that we have four people working all the time on these properties, including this one, regularly. So I think all, the evidence was the response times were adequate. I mean, all of us have had issues where you can't get somebody right on the spot. That's just not reasonable to expect. Uh, but again, I don't see any evidence that somebody was out of services for a week, a day, a month, and yet we're being punished 15% of our income for a two and a half month period, actually, yeah, two and a half month period from the death of Karen. That's all that's in question here. Thank you, Thank Mr. You. Kuffler. Any other questions? Uh, any other questions? No. All right. Thank you. you. May have a seat. Thank you very much. And um, thank you to both parties for your uh, comment statements. And with that, oral argument is now closed. Commissioners, we may begin our deliberation. Who would like to? Commissioner Kurpis? Question for legal counsel. Just for the legal just, counsel. Okay. Just to clarify what we're discussing tonight. Um, the this would go into effect the date of the hearing examiner's decision, correct, from that point forward? Or from the time it was filed, or?
this under the new regulations, can you just can I get back to you on the official dates? I just have to look at that. So the earliest would be the date they filed, right? But the, um, under the new regulations, is that or okay, I'll, you just, yeah, 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 just give me, me just give me yeah. one second. I can get that for you. I also have a legal counsel question. Okay. Um, if, if you don't mind, I think it's easy. Um, the remedy for this, <clears throat> excuse me, is would this follow the same pattern of we make a determination the window is broken and is a deduction in rent, and then a compliance determination can be made by code compliance? Would that follow the same pattern here, even though it's not maintenance? If we rule in favor of the tenant, not saying either way right now, but if we do, and we say that there isn't a resident manager in place and there's not the proper signage, landlord can then go and, if they want, follow the, the rules. Is that how they would rectify the situation? Yeah, so the, if the landlord's argument is we're complying with the RSO, and this is assuming that the commission ultimately affirms the hearing examiner's decision, um, the proper mechanism would then be to file a compliance determination and the landlord would then have to submit the necessary evidence to support that a compliance determination has been um, made. So in either situation, if the landlord says, I'm doing it right, they could have a compliance determination then, or if they secretly admit I'm doing it wrong, fix things and get a resident manager and proper signage, compliance determination in that case could rectify the situation if the code compliance determines that to be the case. Yes, yeah, so so either <clears throat> so either way, ultimately if the commission affirms a hearing examiner's decision, the the mechanism for restoring the rent, which is in the hearing examiner's decision, so if, if those orders are complied with, they would then file a compliance determination, submit whatever evidence is necessary, then the process for that is the city then notifies the tenants that a request for a compliance determination has been filed. Tenants have an opportunity to object um, and submit their own evidence countering um, the, the request by the landlord. The hearing examiner can then um, evaluate the evidence. If the hearing examiner wants, the hearing examiner can set another hearing. It's not required. And then ultimately, um, the hearing examiner will issue a decision um, that becomes the compliance determination and will then determine whether or not that order has been complied with in this original decision. Great, thank you very much. Just to follow up on that, and then that determination, he, the, the landlord at any time, regardless of whether they file the appeal or not, they could at any time file the uh, determination or request uh, that they have earned compliance, right? Right, they didn't have to wait till Correct. this appeal or after the appeal. Okay. At any time since this hearing, they could have filed a compliance determination. Thank you. All right, uh, Vice Chair, please. Thank you. Um, the RSO, what does it state regarding uh, providing the landlord providing advance notice to tenants about entering a building to do work? Um, yeah. I'm not sure about the RSO off the top of my head, but traditionally you would need to give 24 hours notice to a resident if it's involving some sort of like emergency repair or agreed to repair. Traditionally, the civil code's 24 hours. I'm, I'm off the top of my head, I'm not sure exactly what the RSO says, if it does say anything, but traditionally that's what the civil code says. How about um, uh, if, if there is planned maintenance on plumbing or electricity, shutting down power or water, is there a requirement regarding um, advance notice? I mean, I would, I would suspect if there was knowledge that this was gonna happen, um, I would suspect that the 24-hour provision still applies. I don't know if there's some sort of special, uh, again, without looking at the RSO specifically for this, if there's a specific requirement for it, but um, I would still think 24 hours would be necessary, um, at least, um, and if it was you know, an emergency and they were unaware, then I think just reasonable notice at that point. So um, if, they, if they were unaware that that interruption was gonna happen. All right. Okay. Uh, let's wait for the legal counsel to look look up for that information. I just I wanted to make a comment about uh, compliance determination. It's always been the remedy if a, 
if an issue is going to be corrected, then everyone is entitled to that hearing in order if and prove that they've complied. I'm ready to um, begin oh. deliberating or no, are we, we're waiting oh, we're for, waiting for, yeah, we're waiting oh, for sorry. Uh, the legal counsel to look up for that information. We can clarifying question for um, uh, the landlord and we can for wait. myself. <laughs> it's not relevant to the the facts or what we're determining tonight. I mean, it's it's more of a clarification because there was some misinformation about when it would apply. But if we need that clarification before we can vote on it, so we need to wait. So I, I just don't want to take any uh, uh, break right now. Okay. Sorry. Sorry, the no problem. This is my regulations function. are robust. <laughs> um, I was, I'll, I'll read it for you. So this is regulation um, 60038, subsection B. Um, it says, if an application for a downward adjustment in the maximum allowable rent is granted by decision of the hearing examiner, the effective date of the decision is the next rental due date following the date of the application is accepted um, for filing. Does that answer your question, Commissioner Kirby's? Yes. So in this case, if the, uh, the commission decided to affirm the hearing examiner's decision, in this case, since it was filed on February 22nd, it would be March 1st. Yes, that's correct. Okay, thank you. Okay. Um, do you have no? You have a question, Commissioner Raja? No. All right. So we, we, you want to you want to begin? All right. Sure. Okay. Yes, please. Let me get a little. I would like to go directly to the questions uh, to be determined, as it stands now. Uh, and that is, is there substantial evidence supporting the hearing examiner's decision that the property lacks a residential on-site manager in accordance with the requirement of RSO? Number two, is there substantial evidence supporting the hearing examiner's decision that the landlord failed to provide notice for contact information, emergency maintenance? And I believe they have. In the appeal, uh, B, is there substantial evidence supporting the hearing examiner's decision that the property lacks a residential on-site manager in accordance with the requirement of the rent stabilization ordinances, and it does, and it is supported by 17.44040, specifically 1 and A, 17.56.010, specifically H and 1. 17.56.010, specifically H and 2. There was an exhibit, a photographic exhibit, that was submitted, but uh, that exhibit uh, does not meet uh, our standards. It's not hardly legible. In regard, regard to valuation and decrease, I do agree that $100 is uh, fair and equitable for the lack of an uh, on-site manager and the $10 for the lack of uh, notification with emergency numbers, who's in charge, et cetera. And that is relevant to the provisions of regulations uh, 6041 and 6041.1. I think I'm going to ask the legal counsel at this point, are we using 60041.1, which is the new regulation allowing update valuations? Uh, yes, Commissioner Maggio, this is actually the first appeal before the commission in which the new regulations um, 
where the commission ultimately council updated the valuation guidelines. So this is the actual first appeal which they're in effect. So we then will be using 60041.1. Correct. All right, thank you. Uh, I'd like to make mention in regard to uh, what we have just uh, discussed in relationship to rectifying the problems. Every owner uh, is entitled to a compliance determination hearing if they feel that uh, that work has been done. Of course, they have to bring that proof in. So I am going to uh, be uh, supporting the uh, uh, the resolution. Thank you. All right. Who's next? Uh, Commissioner Martz. Oh, go ahead. Um, yes, I agree with um, Commissioner Maggio on this. I think there's substantial evidence in the record to support the hearing examiner's finding that there was not an on-site manager. I think the um, tenant was credible in the statements that he made to the hearing examiner, and tonight um, I think the evidence is clear that there was not anything submitted in writing to the, um, to the hearing examiner to the effect of the resident manager. Um, I don't there was very little provided about the notice, but I think there's also substantial evidence um, about that. I don't believe that the hearing examiner's decision was an error. I don't think there was an abuse of discretion. There was more than enough evidence provided in the hearing to support that contention. Um, and I, like I was alluding to with my questions to legal counsel, there's multiple remedies here. You can appeal, which you've done tonight, but there's also a compliance determination. So. A resident manager can be brought on if we decide that there isn't one appropriately in place. Signage can be put up, and then our code enforcement team can either review your evidence that you submit or come out there, whatever they decide in, at City Hall, how they're going to handle that. But that's how you restore the rent back to what it would be. And you know, the, it sounds like to me, and I'm not going to put words in the tenant's mouth, but he's not looking to save the rent money. It's to have someone there that's a, a legitimate um, manager to take care of these matters. So this can be resolved. Um, it's just a step you have to take. So I would agree with Commissioner Maggio and uphold the hearing examiner's decision this evening. Thank you, Commissioner Martz. Uh, Commissioner Martz-Miller? I agree with Commissioner Maggio and Commissioner Martz. Uh, there's substantial evidence in the record um, affirming the hearing examiner's decision. Um, there is nothing in the record um, the, stating that Ms. Lim was the on-site manager. Um, what we have now is barely legible, but that's beside the point. Um, I'm, I'm in full agreement with the hearing man, uh, examiner's decision. Um, and I, I want to stress the point that Commissioner Marsh just made. There are multiple ways to remedy this, um, you just those steps need to be taken. Thank you, Commissioner uh, Corpus. Yeah, I would agree with uh, my fellow commissioners in um, everything that they've said so far, and just emphasize that you know this really could have been resolved the, the day after um, uh, the hearing examiner by uh, simply you know submitting her name to the city, um, posting it correctly. Uh, uh, and announcing it to the tenants, and you know, within probably two weeks, this would have been resolved, um, or it could be resolved. Um, so, I do believe the hearing examiner um, made the correct decision based upon the evidence, uh, since there was no actual evidence provided by uh, material evidence provided by the uh, landlord at the time, and uh, the evidence that we do see is incomplete. Um, uh, with the phone numbers, they're not listed correctly. Uh, and it's not consistent with the testimony given this evening uh, by the landlord or by the landlord's uh, uh, representative. So I would be voting to agree with the or support the hearing examiner's decision. Okay, thank you, uh, Commissioner Wright. Um, I am also inclined to agree with the hearing examiner's decision um, based on what we have in front of us. Um, the testimony that was provided at the hearing, um, it, it seems that it substantially. Um, um, shows that there was no uh, a resident manager, even what was read into the record, which was the document that was later provided as an exhibit to the appeal, 
the folks that are listed, it's just the owner's maintenance, Lewis and Mr. John Lim for emergencies. And so it seems that the confusion to the tenants regarding who to contact for, for sort of the everyday issues, that that's still unclear. Um, and even you know today with some of the things that were said, it's still unclear whether it was Mr. Lim or, or Ms. Lim was the correct person for the tenants to contact. Um, additionally, the, the testimony that was given at the hearing uh, from the tenants, you know, regarded issues of not, not having someone on, someone available to respond to issues with the sewage and the water, et cetera. Um, it, it would appear that there were, you know, sort of damages um, to the tenants for having to do some of these maintenance issues on their own and still not really having a clear line of communication of who they're supposed to contact if these things were to continue happening. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm inclined to, to also support what the hearing examiner um, decided in this case. Thank you. Um, Vice Chair? I, I'm, in agreement. Oops. I'm in agreement with my colleagues for all of those reasons. Huh. All right, uh, thank you. Uh, and I, I am in agreement also with the fellow commissioners, uh, and I'm going to uh, support the staff recommendation. Uh, and again, there there was no document submitted to the um, examiner at the hearing uh, to support the landlord's uh, landlord's position or landlord's assertion. Um, that contradicts the tenants, obviously, um, the position in this matter. So, and in, in the documentary evidence could have been, um, I don't know, a timesheet of the manager, manager that worked certain hours, uh, proof of payment that compensates for the services, or an employee resident uh, or employee manager agreement, or any type of document, document that was not provided. And I don't want to really discuss this, um, uh, this uh, faded document that is included in our packet because it was not submitted to the hearing examiner, so I cannot really consider that in my decision. But based on the based on the information uh, before me, I, I believe that the examiner uh, reach the correct determination, and uh, and I'm going to support staff's recommendation. So with that said, uh, and Chair, may I just add? I don't know if we want to uh, add this, but for management's sake, in terms of signage, they must know what to do. That it's not only saying who the manager is, but the emergent their number and emerge a second number, and posted in an in an obvious place with uh, hours, four hours a day, either morning or afternoon. Thank you, uh, uh, Commissioner Maggio. And I think uh, the property ownership can contact our staff and staff will explain what needs to be done in order to submit the uh, compliance, uh, request for compliance determination uh, in order to comply with the, uh, we, we, with the ordinance. Uh, with that, anyone would like to entertain a motion? I'll make a motion. Commissioner Martz, please. Yes, and before I do, I do want to extend my sympathies for the loss of uh, Karen. Yes. So before we do this final portion, um, I would like to make a motion to adopt resolution 22-615, which is a resolution of the Rent Stabilization Commission for the City of West Hollywood, affirming the hearing examiner's decision as to the application number D-4662. I'll second. Okay, thank you. We have a, a motion to approve the decision and the second. Uh, Ms. Secretary, we are ready for a roll call vote. Commissioner Kirpies? Aye. Commissioner Maggio? Aye. Commissioner Martz? Aye. Commissioner Montemayor? Aye. Commissioner Wright? Aye. Vice Chair Ayers? Aye. Chair Topchin? Aye. Motion carries. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Um, Gentlemen, and if uh, the parties have any questions uh, about the uh, tonight's appeal, you can reach the Rent Stabilization Division at 323-848-6450 or by email at rsd at .org, org, in or you can, or you may request an in-person appointment um, and um, 
visit the um, department. If that's, with that said, uh, well, this appeal is now um, closed. All right, so we're gonna move on to the next item on the uh, agenda, which is the new or unfinished business, and uh, I think we don't have anything scheduled for the, under that item. Uh, items from staff? No further items from staff, Commission. All right, nothing from staff. Uh, do we have any speakers at this time, Ms. Secretary? No public comment at this no time. No public comments. All right, we're moving quickly to the commissioner's comments. Commissioners, anything? I think uh, I would Marshall. like to remind uh, the public that this Saturday between 10 and 12, the Aquatic Center will be celebrated. It will be the opening, is that correct? And that, uh, I, I, and I believe there'll be refreshments and it will be on the lawn. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Commissioner Marjo, Vice Chair. Yes, I just uh, quickly want to um, remind the public that in this extreme heat wave that we're having, we do have a cooling center in Plummer Park that is open um, for you to come in and cool off. Thank you. Great. Thank you, Vice Chair. All right. Um, with that, uh, this meeting is adjourned now until the next regular meeting of the Rent Stabilization Commission to be held on August 25th, 2022 at 7 p.m. here in West Hollywood Park Public Meeting Room, Council Chambers. Thank you, everyone, and good night. on junk in the trunk visit weho.org slash recreation i'm nick die for weho tv news and remember one person's junk is another person's treasure